Hello, this is Anthony Day with some more thoughts on sustainable business. When I was at university, which is many decades ago now, there were stickers around the place which said, "Whatever your cause, it's a lost cause unless we control population." I was interested then to see a letter in the Independent recently from Nick Reeves. He told us that we've got climate change. But the effects of climate change are made that much worse by the fact that population is growing, and population has doubled in my lifetime. I recently tracked Nick down to his office in London and asked him to expand on the thoughts that he'd published. Right this afternoon, I'm with Nick Reeves, who is executive director of the Chartered Institution of Water and Environmental Management. We're following up a letter which he wrote. And I believe it's a number of、uh, number of letters that he wrote, and I wanted to pick up some of the issues that he raised. But first of all, tell me a bit about the institution, would you? Yeah, sure.、Um, the institution Cyber was formed back in 1895. Of course, it was branded differently in those days. It was formed by a group of environmental health and public health engineers and scientists.、Um, but o- over time, the membership has broadened out. It's a very broad church now. Comprising environmental practitioners in all sorts of areas, NGOs, governmental,、uh, national agency, consultancies, private sector. So, it's a very broad church. It's、uh, we've got members in over a hundred countries, and、uh, you know we're covering areas like population because population underpins all environmental matters. Right now, you're telling me it's a charity, so you have a duty to promote your messages to the public and not just to the members. Yeah, the, the institution、um, is a professional body and learned society, but we're also a registered charity. That means that we're required by law to inform the public and make sure that they're better engaged with environmental issues. And you were telling me that population is an issue which you feel you're going to have to air in the next few months. Well, we've been talking about population for some time actually, because if you scratch the surface of any environmental problem, it always comes back to the numbers,、uh, how many people live on the planet, and the resources that we consume, and our lifestyle. It's just that very recently、uh, we felt it necessary to talk more openly, more publicly about the issue because it's a matter of such urgency.、Um, climate change is a very, very urgent issue, and it's actually one of the problems that's been caused by overpopulation and overconsumption. Yes, climate change. Well, I'm sure you've come across Mark Linus's book Six Degrees,、uh-huh. and we've got all these scenarios as to what happens at two degrees. It's an awful. Worse at four degrees, six degrees is probably well beyond hope. You indicate in your letter that you see four, de- four degrees as inevitable. Well, it only seems a short while ago that、uh, climate scientists were talking about the threat of two, deg- two degree increase. While it's now looking more like four degrees, which is we're now basically talking about the、uh, the emergence of a new geological era, which is of course a great threat to the way we live now. But ultimately, it could be quite an exciting time in the sense that we we end up perhaps with a better balance of people on the planet. But who knows? I mean, some people are kind of threatening the idea of a complete wipeout of humankind once you get to four degrees and beyond. But、um, you know, we're in we're in very strange territory these days. Yeah, I think we'd agree that to wait and see is a bit of a gamble. But what can we do? You were talking about cutting back on consumption, but in practical terms. Given that economists expect growth to go on forever, what can we do? 
we've got to stop talking about conventional economic models. We've got to talk about economic models which are more about uh, nature, nurture and replenishment, and that is getting back to living in harmony with natural resources and, and the bias, natural biosphere of the planet. Otherwise, we're, we are doomed. At least, I don't believe people are doomed, but I do believe that our, our current lifestyle, the way we live now, is doomed, and, and, may, and maybe that's a good thing. What we need is we need the big brains of the world, our, our best-thinking politicians and the, the great economists to start thinking in terms of a new economic model and get the message out to, to the public and have an open and public debate about these matters, which has got to include the subject of population and consumption. Other, otherwise, we are doomed to failure. Some people would say that they're going to continue to take long-haul holidays because they can. They're going to continue to drive large cars because they can. They're going to continue to have large families because they can, and also because they believe there's nothing they can do about it and if they did try to do something about it, a low-carbon, low-impact lifestyle would be really boring, we'd be living in tents and, uh, and living like savages, if you like. But is that a real picture? Do you think that a low-impact, low-carbon lifestyle in the future has to be uncomfortable and uh, un unattractive? I, I, don't, I don't think it does, but we, really we only have, have two choices. We can either continue as we are and let climate change do its worst, and that will inevitably mean, as I said earlier, it will probably lead to a better balance between people and the planet. But it's doing it the, the, the harmful, the risky and the dangerous way. Or we can do it the right way. We can manage our own destiny. And that means taking some difficult choices and learning to live differently. You know, th those are the two options available to us. There are no quick fixes. There are no halfway measures, no compromises. It's one or the other. Now, you know, we've got to decide what we want. If we were to take a first step tomorrow, suppose we were to take a first step as individuals, and on the other hand, suppose the government was to take a first step, what do you think should be the priority? We've got, we've got to engage, or politicians have got to engage with the public more. Um, the trouble is that issues relating to the environment are still very much a chattering class, middle class of that thing in this country. Uh, we've got to be much more open and inclusive about the whole subject. Uh, there's a lot of scepticism out there, and that's a really, really dangerous thing. People need to be much more understanding of the issues and the dangers of, that we, f we face and that future generations face. The legacy that we're leaving future generations is horrific, potentially. Certainly people like Barack Obama and now Hillary Clinton are uh, paying lip service to this. There's a completely different attitude from what we experienced under the, the Bush regime. But is it just lip service? And given that the Copenhagen conference is coming up in December, I believe that there's going to be a demonstration in London. Would you go on that? Should we go on that? I would go on that demonstration. And I have to say I'm really heartened by the, uh, the Obama attitude and the apparent change of heart of the, the, new Amer of the American administration. But the outcome of that election in the States could be uh, really, really more important than we, we could possibly imagine. Uh, in the past and until very recently, we, we thought America was the problem. But actually, America is no longer the problem with this huge change of heart. We've now got to engage with the Chinese. Um, they are the ones who potentially could scupper the Copenhagen Agreement. So we've got to negotiate with them. I sense that there is a, a much better understanding by the Chinese government that they want to play ball and they want to deal with the big issues. But of course, at the moment, all this is rhetoric. 
Um, the real test will be what happens at Copenhagen and the outcome from that from that conference and that meeting. So, on balance, are you optimistic about the future, or is it all too late? I'm much more optimistic than I was. Um, in the very long term, I think the right thing will happen, and it comes back to the two options that I outlined earlier. Will, will we be prepared to do it the managed way? Um, after all, we, we pride ourselves, it's certainly in the West, on our managerialism and the skills that we've developed there. But are we able to manage the biggest problem of all? That will be the real test. Or the other option is that we just continue business as usual um, and we do it the really hard and dangerous way. We shall see. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for those thoughts. Nick Reeves. Executive Director of the Chartered Institution of Water and Environmental Management. Thank you. So, are we going to do it the hard way, or are we actually going to do something about it? I think that depends on persuading enough people that there are things to be done. There's still such a tremendous amount of denial out there, but there you are. If you'd like to talk about this or any of these issues, any of the issues relating to your business, to sustainable business, and how you see the future, I'm always eager to have a chat. My number is 01904 654 986, and I look forward to talking to you. This is Anthony Day. Bye for now. <laughs>